Hi, thank you for joining me today. Um, as I told you before, I decided to create this channel to help teens like me learn about different professional fields and better understand current events. So today I'd like to hear about your profession and how that influences and connects to your other interests and passions in life. So what motivated you to become a psychiatrist and what makes a good psychiatrist? Hey, hi everyone. And uh, thank you for inviting me. Um, you know, kind of, I think the decision was to become a physician first. I, I didn't have much of an idea what psychiatrists do. I was reading a lot of sci-fi uh, books back in Bulgaria. And there was a book that kind of rather famous at the time that was something like Aquaman. And it was like a surgeon transforming a human being into this amphibian kind of thing. It felt fascinating. And I thought like, I want to be a surgeon. So that was kind of my input into medical school. But one of my teachers, my professors in medical school, mentioned something that I found interesting. And he was like, well, you know, certain things are kind of doing certain things about thinking. And the thinking person should be doing more of the thinking part, which is, you know, the black box kind of conundrum. Information comes, information comes out. You have to infer what's happening inside. And that's really not so much the surgeon's work. It's more like what psychiatrists do. Mm -hmm. So I started learning about psychiatry slowly. And when I moved to the United States, um, that's where kind of my idea solidified, especially as I was going through training. Um, one thing I figured out is, you know, a lot of changes happen in this early stages of life. We all have been through that, you know, childhood, adolescence. Some of your viewers are probably going exactly through those periods of time. And I do think that that's a crucial period to maybe uh, help a person to, you know, change certain things that may have gotten them into trouble in terms of how they feel, in terms of how they interact with others. A lot of this is like, I think, learned behavior from your environment, family, where you live, the country you live even. But a lot of things I can certainly testify to that being, you know, being an immigrant here, you can relearn a lot of things. You ask what makes psychiatrists a good psychiatrist. I, I think in general for all doctors being attentive and listening to what people have to say about what is really what they perceive as the problem that they want help with. That's a good starting point. So yes. what are the most challenging and interesting studies that you've worked on, if you can obviously talk about any of them? So uh, I guess you're referring to some of the research that we've done here. And maybe I should say, so in medicine, one of the things that's kind of really interested me, especially around psychiatry, about psychiatry, is the fact that there is so much unknown. Kind of a famous philosopher said that medicine is one of those areas that we are very grateful for the things that we know, but we also kind of realize how much we don't know. So it's just kind of a little bit of a conundrum. And certainly the sciences that touch on the brain and how the brain works and how the brain interacts with the mind, which are not exactly the same things. Um, this is kind of a wide open field of inquiry and research and uh, if, a, if you're an inquisitive person, I think it's a great area to go into. So the psychiatrists have this, and doctors in general, I think this great fortune that they can do clinical work 
which means helping people with whatever problem they have, but also do science and research how to make medicine and medical procedures and medical, uh, you know, medical science in general better and advance and to know more things. So going back to the question, uh, I mean, there, many people would say my latest paper, my latest research is my favorite. And that's kind of a, that makes sense. That's a common sense approach. But I think there are a few categories that make a research inquiry really exciting and interesting. One would be if you start up with an idea and then your research, your data kind of shows something completely different. You find something that you didn't expect. And there are a couple of studies that I participated that were like that, and that was really exciting. Uh, we presume something didn't turn out to be the case. Something else came up and there's something else we eventually kind of were able to make sense of it. So uh, some, some of that work would be something that, that I would imagine anybody would value. There's also a number of, um, with this type of research when a person can not really advance, but like use some novel ways of doing research or kind of validate those ways of doing research. We just currently publishing a paper that looks into what's called age effects. So in other way, if you're a young person versus an older person and you take a certain medication, is your brain reacting differently? To me, very interesting question, you know, like it's one thing if you're elementary school student or college student or an adult or somebody who's retired, same medication, maybe different effects on the brain because it's not the same brain in different ages. And this question has been studied many, many, many times, but we kind of approached it from a different angle. So that was interesting using things that you know, but you knew you kind of take it in a new way, use it in a new way. And then there is research when you kind of look into something that is well established and maybe you find an area that is, hmm, we thought this is like this, but actually maybe something else is going on. And um, we have a project here, what's called like looking into the possible sensitization, which means that if a medication is given to a person, is that changing their brain in some ways that eventually the brain can get into kind of not so favorable processes. That's what sensitization means. And some of the work, another, another type of it would be work that kind of maybe paved the way for new ideas. This is more like theoretical type of papers when you, it's more of an intellectual exercise. For instance, Einstein was very famous for his thought experiments. You know, he was never in the lab. He never did things. He said and he taught and you know, his genius was around constructing these new ideas that eventually somebody else tested. So I think in any of these areas, I have like a little contribution here and there that makes me excited about that kind of work. So um, as I worked on your COVID youth study, I was wondering um, that from your perspective, what do we know about the impacts of COVID on mental health and what do we not know? Right, so um, we, we, so our lab doesn't necessarily kind of do excessive work on COVID, but I, just because of the nature of the work that I do, 
uh, we've been very much interested in the overall impact on mental health, especially around children. So I can tell you that what we know from our clinical work, clinical work is like seeing patients, right? Yeah. Um, one thing we saw is after about a year of spending time at home and doing online schooling, the New York uh, kids came back to school in person about the fall of 2021. Yeah. And there was a kind of an explosion of like school counselors and teachers and people who work in the schools, at least recognize, recognizing or alarming us about problems like depression and suicidal thoughts and things like it. Um, so it's indirect COVID effect, it's not just because kids were sick with COVID, I think it's because of the restrictions. Uh, so we know that has tremendous negative effect, especially in the younger, younger individuals, especially kids who may have something like learning disability or very young kids who need a lot to learn about social interaction and how to read others' intent and things like it. There's another component that people who have suffered COVID, and actually I happen to know people who you know, I work with or colleagues or friends who may have had kind of a what's called COVID fog, which is like COVID neurocognitive issues. Like people feel their attention is not as good, they're fatigued, they're more tired most of the time. Uh, these are things that we're going to learn over time, which is more directly related to the infection itself. So these are two things that I think we're kind of experiencing right now and learning more about it, which is. Um, the effects of the all the measures around COVID and the study that you worked on was related to that, kind of figuring out if people might be using more alcohol, which turns out that they actually are. Um, and then people who might be suffering with COVID itself. Luckily, I think kids are less susceptible to this cognitive effects of COVID. They seem to kind of been fighting the virus a little bit better than adults. On the other hand, the isolation part and spending so much time on the screen, I think we would never return to that, hopefully. That, that was not a good thing. I agree. Um, so aside from being a psychiatrist, I know you have an Oscar-nominated film. And how do you integrate your interests with your full-time job? Also, do you find that your career influences and overlaps with your interests at all? Uh, well, thanks for the plug for the short yeah. movie that's called Feeling Through, and it was nominated for a short Oscar in uh, 2021. Um, sadly enough, we couldn't go, otherwise we would have, but Oscars were like uh, very restricted around that time. And we didn't win, but uh, it was a good fight. Uh, the movie was presented in general in about 160 festivals, won over 60 recognition awards. Uh, it's a great movie about um, sign language and people with disabilities and things like it. What attracted us to the movie, actually, a friend of mine who's a child psychiatrist, who's also interested in, uh, you know, movie producing and things like it, brought it into the project because it was about a teenager who kind of gets a lesson of life through meeting somebody serendipitously. So, uh, that's to the second part of your question, how things intersect. I think with all of medicine is probably that is true because I know a lot of people in medicine who are heavily invested into appreciating the arts and you know doing arts themselves, 
the famous writers who are, you know, doctors. Um, but I think psychiatry in particular, because the, the object of our work is like the human condition, what people feel, what people think about, how people process their experience, how they go about their lives. So it's very much complementary to what artists do, which is studying the human condition and wondering how people process their feelings and how they feel about certain things. So that's one aspect of it. Well, the other aspect of it is that it's on a personal level. It's kind of a self-processing or you know, self-reflecting on the things that happen around me. And art is one way of kind of taking that in and putting out something that I would hope would you know, communicate whatever I was thinking or feeling to other people as well. So I think on those, on those two levels, I think medicine and arts are pretty complementary. Um, so what a piece of advice do you have for young people that are interested in psychiatry or becoming a psychiatrist? Well, um, I hope that's really the case because we need many more psychiatrists, especially I'm a child psychiatrist. So people who work with uh, children to help them with uh, whatever might be troubling them and whatever problems they may have. This is not an isolation. It's not just for the child, the tutor, the whole family. And um, there are not enough child psychiatrists in this country or around the world. What I also would say is, so one of my teachers actually mentioned that, and I like to use that phrase. If you're a person who likes to hear stories, there is no better job than that. You know, I mentioned in the very beginning that being a good listener would make somebody a good doctor, a good psychiatrist. Yes, people would come and tell you all kinds of stories that frankly, HBO and all these other <laughs> TV channels would not be able to put together in their amazing TV series. If you listen to people's stories, that beats everything. So if people are interested in that, if people wanna help somebody, especially young kids, no better job than what I do. Great. Thank you so much. I really sure. appreciate your time. Okay. You think that turned out okay? <laughs> <laughs>